You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here. We are talking, as we will be all week, about the Democratic National Convention in Philadelphia, the selection of Hillary Clinton formally as the nominee for that party going into the fall, the selection of Tim Kaine as the vice presidential nominee going into the fall, and the scandal that is sort of in the news right now about the Democratic National Committee and how it behaved during primaries and caucuses. One question this week, though, is what Democrats hope to accomplish at their national convention. How do they mend the wounds that were inflicted during the primaries? And can they demonstrate that they're adults in this election cycle when you have the other side really acting a little more like children? And how do you end that intraparty bickering that we've seen? Joining me now to talk about those things is Congresswoman Debbie Dingell uh, right here in Michigan. Debbie, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen, and it is great to be with you. It's great to hear your voice. Uh, let's talk first about your reaction to uh, the news, the, 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 the stories about uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz uh, and the Democratic National Committee, how they behaved during the primary and caucus season. There have been lots of stories about it. There's been lots of rancor that I've seen from people I know who support Bernie Sanders who say, look, this confirms everything we said during the, the, the election season, that the fix was in for Hillary Clinton. At the same time, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, look really closely at what happened here. It's not very much. Give me your sense of uh, how important you think all of this is, not just this week, but, but going forward. Look, I think that you're going to see us come together. Uh, I think we could have a whole discussion about those, uh, the leak, the timing of it, who actually hacked and why they've done what they've done. And I'm afraid that that may not get some of the discussion that we need from a national security standpoint to put as an aside. It, it was unfortunate. Some of the things that were in those emails cannot be tolerated, but the, we are coming together in Philadelphia to focus on what the election's about. We now have a clear choice between two candidates. I think the decision is stark when you know where they stand and that it is both sides' jobs right now to ensure that every voter know what the differences are, what they stand for, what the differences are, and that their voting does make a difference this November. Every vote matters in the state of Michigan. And do you feel like what what these emails show us about what they were talking about in the Democratic National Committee, the way they were behaving, does that look to you like uh, an imbalanced approach? Does it look to you like uh, they were favoring Hillary Clinton in a way that was inappropriate? You know, I haven't read all of the emails, and by the way, I think we should all be prepared for more is coming, and I don't know what's in those either. But what I have seen is that there were comments that were critical of both. So um, I think the people voted that each of those campaigns ran campaigns in different states and that their job was to deliver the votes for themselves and that that happened. You know, I was one of the people that said that Michigan was more competitive than everybody thought. Yeah. And Senator Sanders won Michigan. So, you know, I think that there were competitive races in different places. I think the thing that bothers me the most, Steve, though, in what I read were the comments on religious beliefs. Sure. I, I, I just think that people say should always 
uh, be out of bounds of political discourse. It's one of the fundamental pillars of our Constitution, freedom of religion. And nobody should ever use religion as a political weapon. And that, quite frankly, is what bothered me more than anything, especially when we have... And as we talk about this, Donald Trump is trying to make a wedge issue Muslims. And when my hometown is Dearborn, and the fear and hatred that he is causing against these this wonderful community, who you and I know many of them, they're doctors and teachers and pharmacists and working men and women, and we just cannot allow that to happen. Yeah. So that's probably what bothers me more than anything. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the phones here. Uh, Connor in Gross Point. Connor, welcome to Detroit today. Um, hi, thanks for taking my call. Sure. And I actually uh, interned for the congresswoman's husband right before he retired. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but so I'm a student at the Gerald Ford School of Public Policy at the University of Michigan. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm actually calling because I think the, the discourse or the conversation that we're having about free trade in particular is uh, sort of destructive to to what free trade is really all about, because we operate under this dichotomy that it was, you know, NAFTA that killed um, a large swath of American manufacturing jobs, Mm -hmm. and that trade deals are what sort of ruins American manufacturing, when in fact the same thing that ruins, or I don't want to say ruins, because I don't think it's been ruined, but the same thing that sort of moves... uh, manufacturing jobs overseas are the same factors that moved them here in the first place. Right. Because it was cheaper to to operate here than it was other places in the world. And the same thing is happening now. So I view trade deals, and I should say my focus at the public policy school is in international relations with a focus in the developing world. So I deal with a lot, or, you know, I read through a lot of these sort of briefs and memos on trade deals. It's like Dayquil or Theraflu. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's not going to keep you from getting sick, but it is going to make being sick better. Yeah. These jobs were most likely going to leave the United States regardless, because yeah. regardless of whether or not we have free trade, no tariff is going to make up for the fact that workers in other countries are willing to work for 35 cents for on the dollar. Money. Yeah, no, Connor, thank you very much. The great point uh, to make. Uh, Debbie Dangle, talk about the role that, that trade and trade policy is going to play in this this convention this week uh, in the speeches that we'll hear from the podium and the things that will be said uh, and then of course in the fall I mean this is one of the this is one of those wedge issues in the Democratic Party right now you have a lot of people sort of standing up and saying we need to fight more for American workers and that Democrats aren't doing that enough how do you answer that charge well I would say that this is one of the issues that I care about and 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 am most passionate about. And that is my opposition to TPP. And the reality is that both Donald Trump and uh, Hillary Clinton are going to be talking about it. But here's what I'm going to say, even as I was listening um, to the young student that we were just talking to, that currency manipulation is one of the most important issues that we need to talk about when we're talking about trade agreements. And when you know, when I heard Donald Trump, you remember Steve uh, talk about currency manipulation. I went hallelujah! I can talk about it. Unions talk about it. Everybody has to talk about it till we're blue in the face. And people suddenly had an understanding that other governments are manipulating. So that Toyota has an 
dollar cost differential or cost damage right. when moving a car into this country. But Donald Trump and Senator Sanders has been very strong in that, and Hillary Clinton has been very strong in that. Donald Trump talks about it, but then when he comes to Michigan and he doesn't like what he hears a union worker say, he says, well, we're not going to build cars in Michigan. We're going to build or auto plants in Michigan. We're going to build them in states that have a cheaper wage rate. And then people will be so desperate they won't care what they get paid by the hour. Yeah. Well, people do care. And where is he producing the shirts that his Trump organization made? He's producing them in China. So he's not walking his talk. And as someone who's going to walk their talk and understand what these issues are, I think trade's going to be a very important issue. It's what we're all worried about. And I would never support a candidate that will not oppose trade deals that will hurt us in the United States. And you feel like Hillary Clinton's articulated vision here is enough to attract uh, people who are supporting Bernie Sanders? I think she's going to have to be very strong. I, I mean, I've talked about it with her very personally because I told her I wouldn't support her if she didn't guarantee me she would not support a trade deal that would cost us jobs in Michigan. And Tim Kaine has been very strong. Trumpka had a, I listened to Trumpka speak about it yesterday here in Philadelphia. None of us are going to support somebody that is not going to make sure that we're negotiating trade deals that are fair here. Donald Trump uses rhetoric that sounds good, but he doesn't walk his talk. The two the candidates I'm supporting, Senator Secretary Clinton and Tim Kaine, are candidates that will walk their talk and really deliver what they say. Yeah, uh, we've got about a minute and a half left. Uh, but before I let you go, I want to talk about Michigan's presence at the Democratic National Convention. Uh, Mike Duggan is going to speak. Uh, that's a big deal. Uh, other other notable Michiganders who we'll see uh, on television this week. I think significant. It's not only going to speak, but Karen Weaver from Flynn is going to speak. Yes. Jennifer Granholm is going to speak. And frankly, there's SEIU worker who, who has two jobs. She's being paid minimum wage at. And she's just going to talk about how hard it is to struggle. And anybody who works full-time, I, I, I think, should be able to put food in their table and not be scared and worried about it. And she's working two full-time jobs. It'll be a, a powerful story. So what I'm excited about is that Michigan is represented in many different ways. And I think the most powerful story will be by the SEIU worker on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, who's going to announce Michigan's pledge delegates from the floor? Uh, it's always one of my favorite moments in the convention. Brandon is the chair Brandon of the Dillon. Michigan delegation, so I'm not sure if it will be he or Senator Stabenow, but I suspect it'll be one of the two. Okay. All right, Debbie Dingle, Congresswoman from here in Michigan, thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Great being with you, and I look forward to talking to you after the convention. Yes, absolutely. We'll see you when you get back home. All Have right. a good week. You too. Uh, that's going to do it for us today on Detroit Today. I will be back tomorrow. I hope you will too. Our show is produced by Laura Weber Davis and Jake Neer. The program director is Joan Isabella. Technical director and engineer Matthew Trevethan. And associate producers Mary and Aaliyah. Detroit Today's theme song was composed by WDET's Sam Bobian. This is 1019 WDET Detroit, Wayne State's public radio station. See you tomorrow.